James Clear in his book says, uh, or book Atomic Habits says, never skip twice, right? Never miss twice. So if you're going to do something on a weekly basis and you're out for the week because you're on vacation or maybe you missed your at-bat for whatever reason, that's okay. Just get back on the horse and try it again, but make sure that you make it a habit of doing those things on a regular basis. Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Morton Design Co. Morton Design Co. is a collaborative, creative studio based in Denver, Colorado. They help businesses tell their unique story through thoughtful strategy and kick-ass design. Their aim is to give small to medium-sized businesses the visual impact of their larger competitors. Specialties include brand identity, logo development, and print design. Visit mortondesignco.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of the Referral Bench podcast. Today, we are very excited to have with us Stephanie Hogan. Stephanie is founder and chief executive officer of Gallantry Coaching and Consulting. She's a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation and a nationally recognized speaker and certified trainer of the New York Times bestseller, The 12-Week Year. Stephanie's practice spans multiple industries, including finance, accounting, real estate, healthcare, insurance, IT, and marketing. She's partnered with Fortune 500 C-suites, frontline leaders, corporate team members, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. With more than two decades of coaching experience, Stephanie became a certified trainer in 2019 for a global initiative led by Google called Hashtag I Am Remarkable. And in addition to delivering uh, Hashtag I Am Remarkable to underserved segments of financial and real estate industries, with over 500 attendees. She has continued to cultivate her experience as a scalability expert and delivered training on unconscious bias, diversity, and inclusion 101 and the 12-week year developed by New York Times bestsellers Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. Stephanie, it is great to have you here. Thank you so much. And that was the abridged version of Stephanie's bio, by the way. There's actually a lot more meat to it that she told me not to not to introduce. Beforehand. So just want to just want to make sure everybody knows that. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'm really glad to be with the two of you today. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's uh, so good to have you here. Obviously we heard a little bit about, um, you know, what, uh, what, what you do, uh, is what t- tell me, is there anything that you want to make sure that we, uh, that we add to that or, uh, kind of give us a rundown of how you got to where you are. And I know that I, you know, Phil and I both obviously know your backstory a little bit and, you know, it's, it's very much, uh, you know, who, you know, and, uh, and, and brought up by, brought up in referrals. So I'm, I want to hear how you got to where you are and you can go ahead and start wherever you want to start. Sure. I guess maybe the, um, we'll take out some of the, 
the big pieces of the past, but some of the things that I think are really relevant to what we're talking about today and how I got to where I am. Um, today is actually anniversary day for me, ironically. Uh, I started my organization about three years ago today uh, and made a decision to leave corporate America and start coaching full time. Um, Happy anniversary. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. So that being said, I mean, I made the decision based on some family changes to get into the coaching business exclusively. But my work before that was really in the same vein. Um, When I made the decision to leave my corporate role, I made some phone calls to some folks who I'd worked with before who expressed interest in working together and said, hey, I'm thinking about leaving corporate America. What do you think about that? And they're like, okay, send me an invoice and let me know when you can meet next. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like I don't even have a company name yet. But I think that that's really a testament to, you know, expanding your network, having conversations, being open to dialogue, even before you're ready to make any major changes in your personal or professional world, is just to be open to conversations and keep those lines of communication open with people that you've worked with with in the past. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so obviously to your point, you know, where the, the whole idea of our conversation today is talking about referrals and you've got, uh, you've got some interesting, uh, concepts and I don't know if we want to spoil this, this idea that, that you kind of pursue on a regular basis so early in the podcast, but, uh, but I definitely want to hear your thoughts on, on referrals, on introductions, on networking and how you make it work for you. Yeah, I would say um, it's kind of ABN, right? Not the ABCs, the ABN, always be networking. I think there's opportunities to go out and meet people anywhere you are. And it doesn't matter, again, personally or professionally. I'm interested and just, I think, naturally curious, which plays to being a coach as well. But I'm curious about what people do and what interests them and where they're from and um, you know, why their maybe their path is crossing with me, whether it's on the sidelines of a soccer field or at a coffee shop that I just run into somebody in the line or having a conversation intentionally with somebody at a networking event. It's important to be curious, to ask questions, to find out more about that person. And let's be honest, the person that we want to talk most about is ourselves. So we're flipping the switch there. We're really asking them more questions to say, Hey, tell me about you. Where are you from? What do you, what do you do? What, what gets you excited? Why? I mean, heck, why do you live as we all know? Why do you live in Colorado? What brought you here? Cause there's a lot of people who aren't from here. And so I'm curious to just ask them questions and then by means of asking them questions, find those connections. What things do you have in common with those folks or what things are you interested about? what they do. And then you could start a conversation very easily. How, uh, this is something that comes up a lot and, you know, the, the idea of asking questions and, uh, really getting the other person to talk. Why is that so difficult for most people to, <laughs> to ask questions and then shut up and listen? The ask questions or the shut up and listen part? <laughs> well, I, I, both, either one or both. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of it is that we we are looking to answer or what are we we're anticipating, as you know, you've heard this before. You were anticipating what it is that we should say next versus listening to what the person is saying and how they're responding. And I think, um, you know, if, if we're trying to listen, it's that whole take a deep breath in and relax a little bit and take in the information. And that 
that pregnant pause, right? We're always so uncomfortable with that dead air. It's okay for there to be dead air when you ask a question or when somebody's responding and you're processing the information. In our, you know, fast-paced world, we have an expectation that we're just supposed to fire something off right away. You know what? It's okay. In fact, even when I'm meeting with folks who I'm having a deliberate networking conversation with, I take notes. I actually still take handwritten notes. I know that's goofy. I'm sure that Ian included some tech person's going to call me and be like, this is a bad idea. But it's the way that my brain connects to the information and I can process it. And so when I'm meeting with somebody, especially if I can't see them face to face and there's a pause, I tell them, hey, look, I'm taking some notes. Just give me a second. And people are comfortable with that. But so, Bill, that's the back part of it, right? Why are we, we need to just be listening and hearing what it is that the person is saying. But the first part of it is asking the question, right? Naturally, just asking questions. What, why are you curious? What makes you curious about this person in this instance, in this moment, right? So how is it that you're going to interact with this person? Oh, why are you here, right? Why are you on the soccer field? Who's your kid? Um, do you come to the Starbucks often, right? It's sometimes it's cheesy and you can make a joke out of it. Uh, one of my favorite conversations with my clients is, is that the way that I say it and the way that you say it may be very different. And so sometimes you just have to practice those questions so that you kind of have them in your repertoire when the time presents and you can ask, you know, it's a little bit like going out and finding a, a date, right? We've talked about this before that referrals or conversations or networking is a little bit like dating professionally, right? We're not, you know, nothing inappropriate, but it's that same kind of anticipation. And if we have those, quote, pickup lines that we can have conversations with people about that we feel comfortable using that match our personality, it becomes very easily, easy and natural to have a discussion. You know, you bring up an interesting point, and I want to kind of go back to earlier uh, with, with what you were talking about with the pregnant pause, right? <clears throat> I mean, for years, I, I mean, I, so I, and I was a performer for, for a number of years, and, you know, did a lot of things like festivals and weddings and whatnot, and those empty, empty air, that dead air, right? I mean, whether you're talking about, you know, whether it's radio or a speech or, you know, when I was in Toastmasters, these different things that just kind of create that dead air, they do, they instantly make us feel uncomfortable and you're, and it's drilled into you not to let it happen. Right. And I feel like it's kind of drilled into us just on the whole to never let that happen. But a pregnant pause or the, is, is what creates that space for the other person to actually start talking, right? Or to process the question you just asked. I mean, let's be honest, not everyone, their job isn't necessarily like ours is, that they're just answering questions all the time, right? In certain professions, we're used to just responding. Somebody asked us a question, we could process the information quickly, and we respond to those things. Not everyone is in the same profession that we are in, sales or not. So giving people space, correct, and like to process what it is that you said, and then also to be able to respond. Sometimes, especially in sales-type roles or business development roles, we need to be intentional about asking the question and then shut up, right? It's your turn to not talk. Um, you know, we've heard about some of these things as, as kids, teenagers, maybe uh, the talking stick, 
right? right? Who's talking now? If you can visually in your mind say, okay, I'm going to give the talking stick to this person and my job is to just take in. Now, obviously we want to show them that we're still involved in the conversation, head nods if you're visible, uh-huhs if you're not, right? There's something that they know that you're interested in the conversation, but you do have to intentionally be quiet because it's interesting too. I could tell you as a coach, the longer that people talk, the more they fill in the information or the gap because they feel uncomfortable. And the more information that you're going to get, that's going to probably in some cases lead to a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I remember uh, talking to a sales manager one time that told me that he brought in a, uh, he brought a a trainee in on a, on, on a deal closing and he said, you're going to get, you're going to present the price. You're going to present the proposal and you're going to present the price and you're going to not talk. If you talk before the other guy does, you're fired. <clears throat> and the the guy talked before the prospect did and he canned him right then and there. And well, after, I mean, when that, once they got out of the meeting, right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, right. it's uh, cause you're right. I mean, you do, you need to give somebody space to kind of process it and to, to understand something. And I think that goes, obviously that, that, that applies to sales selling situations, but also to just general referral conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, Ian, I, I'll just second that. I, uh, learned that early on in sales is, you know, when you ask for the order, shut up. And yeah. the next person to talk loses. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, so uh, I would tell you some examples of that, Phil, but I feel like I would be giving away trade secrets. So I won't tell you the details, but suffice it to say, that is something that we actively use at Gallantry Coaching and Consulting. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so Stephanie, when you're uh, thinking about, you know, you're having this conversation, you're asking a lot of questions, you're listening to the answers, like, what are you, what are you looking for? Um, how are you actively engaging in that conversation? And I guess more to the point of, you know, referrals and networking and, and, uh, relationship building, um, how do you figure out, or what are you thinking about during the conversation to say, okay, this is somebody that, um, I need to connect this person with, um, or I guess, you know, even before that, do you do that? Do you, and I, I think I know the answer to that, but, um, do you, do you think about how do I connect this person? What am I looking for? And, uh, and is that something that came naturally to you or did you have to train yourself to do that? Um, let's put a pin in the training part for now, but let's start off with, uh, the first part of your question, which, so in my personal practice in my personal and professional world, I make it a goal for myself on a weekly basis to introduce 10 people in my network that would benefit from getting to know one another. And I learned about that skill at a, um, a breakfast meeting that I went to uh, down at the Brown Palace many years ago. Um, but they were talking about this concept of this gentleman who was an insurance agent in the late 20s, right? And this gentleman obviously before internet, right? We were joking about, you know, history and how things have changed over the years, but that this gentleman made it a point to bring three other people to the table who would benefit from meeting one another only for their own benefit, not for his benefit at all. And over time that really elevated his relationship with other people out in the network or in his network or in the marketplace. And as a result, he grew a very successful practice practice. And for me, that's something that I, 
I was really excited about that opportunity. I pride myself in the people who are in my LinkedIn profile. I know them. I know how I know them. I don't just connect with people just for the sake of connecting. I really want to have personal relationships. And it's not like we have to like know the names of our kids um, or they don't need to know where my birthday is, but I want to be able to reach out to them if they need something from me or if I'd like to connect them to someone. So this practice of introducing 10 people, which is about one um, introduction per day, has been really um, purposeful for me because I want others to be successful. And I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. So how is it that I can help others to be successful? Because I think ultimately it's going to come back and pay spades in my organization as well. So for me, I am, to answer your question, Phil, really intentional when I'm listening to those folks. Who is it that this person who's sitting in front of me might benefit from getting to know? Why is it that this person would benefit from meeting the people who are, are kind of running through my mind? Um, I learned many years ago from a mentor of mine is that when you're asking for a referral, you need to be specific. Because if we say, for example, I work as a financial advisor with uh, families, uh, with small children, I mean, if you are a family with small children, the likelihood that you know a lot of people with small children is like huge, right? I mean, look at the two of you, right? You guys are very much in the same kind of uh, life cycle, life stage right now. If I were to say to you, think of somebody in your network that has twin girls, you could think of that right off the top of your head or think of somebody in your network that has twins. That's a little bit more specific if we're talking about young families that they, that may be easier for you to figure out who those folks are. And so I'm really thinking through as I'm having conversations with people and asking them questions, how it is that they may relate to people in my market, not necessarily calling them out, but asking more specific, deliberate questions like, hmm, you know, is networking with this type of person important to you? Or do you like to work with these types of people? Or asking additional questions when people tell me who their ideal client is so that I can be more specific in my network. Now I'm going to get back to your question that you asked about training. Um, how did I learn how to do that? I don't know. Like trial and error and failing and falling on my face. And I think being around financial advisors for a very long time too, um, you learn how to naturally just have conversations with folks. And I think practice makes perfect. It, this is not something that comes easily to anyone. Even the most proficient networkers who you see who are out there on a regular basis connecting with people, it's taken them years and years to get to where they are, where they're comfortable having those conversations. I have the benefit in my practice of working with a couple of very young professionals for different reasons. And so it's been such a joy to work with them and see them develop over time where they're uncomfortable to pick up the phone and talk to people or uncomfortable to have a conversation with people at a networking event. I mean, if you aren't comfortable, find somebody else in your network who is comfortable and be their wingman. Um, even as a proficient, I would say, networker myself, there's a lot of times that I go to networking events and I've got a wingman. They're maybe in a different type of market or they do different business or different types of business than I do, that just having somebody else who you know at an event is very helpful. But also, I don't have any qualms about talking to strangers, which, I mean, I guess I can blame and thank my parents for that, right? Um, but I, I was raised in an environment where 
I really trusted a lot of people. And so I was open to having, you know, conversations where I thought that they may be beneficial. And um, funny little story, when my father was younger, my grandmother used to always say that my dad was the luckiest person. My dad's so lucky. My father's lucky. She's just lucky. We talked about all the time how lucky he was. And I ran across this book called The Luck Factor. And I thought, you know what? My dad's really lucky and he's been very successful professionally. Um, maybe I need to like figure out this luck thing and not to give away the whole book. By the way, it's an amazing book if you have a chance to read it. But the short version is the more times you're a bat, the more successful you're going to be hitting the ball. So I think one of the things that I learned from my father is the more people that I would shake hands with or get to know or have a conversation with, the more opportunities that I would present myself with. So I would say, regardless of whether or not you're further in your career or you're much younger, just take the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody. Like you absolutely never know the value of a great connection. So it's important to put yourself out there and have conversations with people on a regular basis because you don't know if the guy standing in front of you at the grocery store is actually the next Bill Gates. There's a, a great quote, I think it was from a golfer in the early 1900s that said that, that, who said that the more I practice, the luckier that I get, you know, and it seems like uh, that apply. I mean, that's something that applies across the board, right? I mean, in selling and business and relationships, you know, I mean, the more to your point, the more at bats that you take, uh, the more times you step to the plate, the, the more, the better odds you have of actually uh, getting a hit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you have to create opportunities for yourself. I will tell you, that's one of the things that's been shocking to me. I've talked to a lot of people, you know, as we've gone through quarantine about their networking and who are they networking with? And they're like, Oh, Stephanie, I'm not really networking anymore. I'm like, why not? Well, you know, I'm not getting out to networking events. That's just an excuse. For those of us who are interested in getting in front of people, we can figure it out. And if you're struggling or you don't know who to talk to, talk to people in your network. Who, Phil, who can you introduce me to that looks like this today, right? Ian, these are the types of people who I'm trying to connect with. Who is it in your network that you think that I should be having a conversation with? If you're not intentionally asking for people to network with, you're making a mistake because people not everyone is wired like me to say, oh, I'm looking for my magic 10 every week. Um, there are a lot of people who need help, need that prompting, right? That's not what they do. So if you can ask intentionally, it will make a huge difference. You know, yeah. that's, sorry, Phil, I got a, I have a follow-up question uh, for, for you on that, Stephanie, um, because, you know, there are times and I'm going, you know, so this actually applies to me directly because I'm going through an interesting time right now. And I've and I've been saying for the past few episodes, few episodes here, and I've uh, I, I stole this from another podcast that you know Phil and I are getting the best sales and business training that money cannot buy, um, and so and doing these podcasts. But I'm curious, you know, wait, because you know we all go through phases of you know like being super busy and and being like uh, the ebbs and the flows, right, of business. And you know, I mean, there are times when you just when when you just legitimately cannot fit in more networking meetings or more one-to-ones or what have you right because 
my case, yeah, I have a new employee starting, and so I have to I have to, to to dive to really pour into that. You know, what do you do when you find yourself in those types of situations where you know there's there's a legitimate reason? And of course, you know, oh well, no, COVID is preventing us to go from going to networking events. Well, that doesn't. You're right; it doesn't stop you from actually reaching out. But what if? But what about those situations where because there are there are certain times and certain reasons that are, that, that seem legitimate to me anyway, maybe they're not, I don't know. But, uh, but, you know, I guess what, what, what do you do when, when things like that come up? So two things, one of the, um, I think important things to remember, and you know, you knew I was going to pull out the 12 week year, what gets measured gets done. Okay. And so if you are measuring what it is that you're trying to do, building your network, I don't care if you're an accountant and you don't do business development at all. It's something intentionally that you should be doing, right? I talked to lots of professionals who are like, you know, I'm thinking about leaving my company and I'm like, fantastic. Tell me about your network. And they're like, my what? I'm like, okay, this is not like something that business development people do. This is like, if you have a career, if you have a job, you should have a LinkedIn profile, right? And you should be networking all the time in your profession, even if that means that you're just doing continuing education. But you should also be measuring what your results are. So if you're not actively looking for a new role, maybe your goal is, is that I want to meet like 12 new people in a year. That's okay. That's a goal. But you need to measure that goal and say, I'm going to be intentional about meeting 12 people who work in my profession on an annual basis and staying connected with those people right? And Ian, we've talked about this before. You don't necessarily have to deliberately have a one-on-one conversation with them all the time to stay connected. I frequently send relevant articles to people who are in my network. I, tri- I literally trip over something and I'm like, hey, Phil, I read this article the other day and thought you might find it interesting. Check it out. Hope you're having a great day. And then we're done, right? But Phil seems to, he thinks that I'm connected with him, right? That was almost as good as like having an actual meeting with him if I haven't talked to him in a while, but it intentionally gives me the opportunity to reach back out to him. So let's be careful. What gets measured gets done. Number two, trios. You don't have to meet with somebody one-on-one. You can have three people at a coffee. You can have four people at a coffee. And by the way, Ian, I would say too, if you're like busy, maybe you're at work or um, excuse me, on vacation, or you've got something going on, um, that's preventing you from being able to do things and you need to move uh, those networking meetings later in the month, that's okay. We're all busy. So if you were to say, hey, Stephanie, how are things going for you four weeks from today? I'm okay with that. Let's go ahead and schedule that in a month. But I would say don't stop that flywheel going because if you do, it's really hard to get it uh, cranked back up again. Uh, James Clear in his book says, uh, or book Atomic Habits says, never skip twice right? Never miss twice. So if you're going to do something on a weekly basis and you're out for the week because you're on vacation, or maybe you missed your at-bat for whatever reason, that's okay. Just get back on the horse and try it again, but make sure that you make it a habit of doing those things on a regular basis. So this is an interesting point, you know, this, this idea of, uh, of kind of never stop moving, right? I mean, always this, you know, never, she, she, the, the point that she made was to always keep the flywheel moving, always keep the flywheel going. And then uh, what really landed was to never miss twice, right? I mean, something, so things are going to come up, things are going to happen. And that's got to be okay, too, right? Because life happens, reality intervenes, and that's just the way that it goes. But you don't want to make that a habit. 
right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, if the idea of networking and the idea of building a network and refer and a referral network is to, it is, is to do so out of habit so that it's just, so that it's habitual to just keep connecting with people and whatnot. You don't want skipping things or forgetting things or what have you for, you don't want that to ultimately become your habit here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is such a a great lesson for anything and everything that we do. I mean, whether it be working out or, you know, going on dates with your significant other, or, you know, you just, you are constantly having to put in effort and energy into, um, you know, building these things out. And, and if you take time off and you miss a few things here and there, um, that has, a, a serious detrimental effect on the uh, on getting things back, you know, going. So, you know, if you think about like a, a train, you know, it takes an exorbitant amount of energy to get it going. Once it's going, it doesn't take that much energy to keep it going. But if you stop, you've got to start back from square one and it takes another, you know, exorbitant effort to get it going again. So, you know, it's, it's much easier if you just uh, keep the flywheel moving and, and, uh, keep, keep going. So I think that's a great takeaway for whatever reason. That's okay. Just get back on the horse and try it again, but make sure that you make it a habit of doing those things on a regular basis. Yeah. And if I can just add on to that a little bit, there's, um, I was having this conversation just last week with somebody and the, the idea that, these networking meetings and, you know, whether it's a big group thing, like a, you know, a leads group or networking event or, um, a one-on-one meeting or whatever, um, you know, things come up and they do get pushed to the back burner and, uh, maybe, maybe it's because this is my business. And, uh, so it's, you know, much more top of mind for me and much more important, but I just, I think from a sales perspective, you know, if you're, in a business development role or running a business, like those meetings need to be protected like anything else, you know, like whether it's a client meeting or uh, time on your calendar to prospect and make cold calls. Um, you know, that's, if you're a sales manager and you're running a sales team and part of your daily routine is, you know, okay, back when I was selling suits, you know, we had three to five every day was time to reach out to clients or, and potential clients. Um, and if we weren't at the office at three o'clock making phone calls, we were in trouble and there was no excuse for it. We couldn't go deliver suits. We couldn't, you know, have a client meeting, a sales appointment, none of that, that, that time was protected time every single day to make phone calls and reach out to new prospective clients. And, uh, I regard that, you know, the, the networking meetings in, in the same fashion, you know, like you put that time on your calendar, it's gotta be protected. You can't do anything else. Nothing comes, you know, into that time frame. So, um, and I think that, you know, that goes for all of our, all of our stuff. You know, you got to time block things out, you know, things that are important to you. And, you know, like Stephanie was saying, you know, what gets measured gets done. Um, you've just got to put it in the calendar, keep track of it and make a point of it. So I don't know that's, again, maybe I'm looking at this through my, uh, you know, networking business glasses, but, uh, I think that's like super, super, super important time that, you know, should not be, uh, you know, trifled with. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think though, you know, those are all really interesting points because, you know, as what I've been seeing is not so much as uh, is that just in my world is more being more ex- is and something that I've been seeing has been helping me in this is also being more exclusive with the other folks that I'm networking with. 
right? Being more intentional about the people that I'm networking with, right? Like I know that if if Stephanie introduces me to somebody, it's considered, it's thoughtful, and it's worth taking. And I know that hands down, right? And so, uh, so, so, so kind of stepping back a little bit doesn't necessarily mean pulling yourself out, I guess, is, uh, is an important thing to, to remember as well. Kind of something that, uh, that, that I pull that, that, the takeaway that I, that I got just from, from those, uh, for, from those points. I would say too, you know, COVID has given us this amazing gift. I can tell you as, as a person who spends a lot of time networking, right. Um, one of the conversations I literally had with my team today as part of our weekly meeting that I have more time on my calendar because I'm not in the car. Um, and if that's the case, how am I investing that time differently? Now, at the beginning of COVID, I invested it much differently. Um, as we were talking about before we got on recording, I have four children, um, all teenagers, all homeschool, 100%, and a husband who's working from home. So my time has actually you know, been allocated. That extra time was allocated to really uh, focus on my family. But now that everybody's you know, firing on all cylinders, how is it that I'm using that additional time to build my practice? What am I doing with that time? Not to mention the fact that every coffee meeting does not have to be an hour. Let's have that conversation. Let's just be really frank. It does not have to be an hour. If you are efficient and effective of having those conversations, especially if it's somebody who you're reconnecting with that you haven't talked to in a while, you can have a 30-minute, 45-minute conversation and be very productive during that discussion, especially if that person knows the type of business that you do and the types of clients that you're working with. You can revisit that very quickly and say, you know, Ian, these are the types of people who I benefit from working with most or benefit most from the work that I do. Who do you know or who have you talked to lately who you think I should be connecting with? I guess the other thing is I'm super direct in asking that question because I feel comfortable doing it. Not everybody does. So I think if you're not comfortable in doing that, you can always offer and then ask, right? You know, Phil, who are the types of people who I can introduce you to in my network? By the way, these are the kind of folks I'd like to meet. Who do you know? Yeah, definitely. So um, Stephanie, uh, Ian had sort of alluded to this um, and I wanted to ask your opinion on it where, where he was basically saying that, you know, he's got to up the level of the contacts that he's, you know, networking with like the, the time that he has on his calendar is limited and super valuable. And so you want to make sure you're spending it with the, you know, the best possible people to, uh, to network with. And so, and that's something we talk about with our, you know, the, the concept of the referral bench, you know, having these, you know, different tiers of players on your bench, you know, like there's people that are better uh, suited to, you know, be in front of good prospects for us and, and therefore are better, better partners. Um, how do you think about and address, um, you know, the quality level of the, the person that you're, you're looking to deal with and, and how do you, um, how do you identify that? And then also how do you sort of work your way up the, the ladder, so to speak, as far as quality goes, um, you know, cause when you're new and you start out, you know, you're, you're going to have access to a certain type of clientele, a certain type of partner. Um, and that's only going to get you so far, but then, you, you know, you've got to kind of work your way up the food chain. How, how have you addressed that? I think, um, I think it has a lot to do with the types of people that you're connecting with, but I think you're also 
as you're having, well, let me think about this for a second. If you, when you're meeting with folks, you're going to find out pretty quickly during your first introduction that the kind of level of their referral bench, right? Let's just call it that, <laughs> right? Who is it that they're talking to? Are they talking to, you know, um, folks who are uh, more of the mid-level manager, higher level manager, are they the executive level? Are they at the decision-making level? You're going to get pretty clear on who it is that you are working with to begin with. And once you get clear on where that person is, that's where you make a decision. Now, let's be clear. Just because you're having a conversation with somebody who appears to be at a certain level, do not mistake that for what the truth is. You really need to make sure that you understand. I, some of my best referrals have come from people who, on the surface level, you would think, oh, they're not necessarily a person who would be able to introduce you. They may have a really great Rolodex, but they're not going to introduce you to anybody in their Rolodex, right? They're very protective of their Rolodex. Or on the flip side, um, it may appear that the people that they're rubbing elbows with on a regular basis are not the types of folks that you need to work with. But I would say give it time. Have those conversations, see what it looks like. I think it's you can't make a decision just from a first coffee too about how that relationship's going to end up. I think there's a couple of opportunities, right? You're not going to, you know, there might be a case, but you're not going to break up with somebody on the first date, right? Unless it's like blatantly obvious that you guys are not in the same scenario, right? But really, it's, you know, I need to get to know this person. And by the way, let's talk about whatever market that you're in. In Colorado, we're a decent sized market. But it's not unlikely that I would trip over the same person multiple times in the networking scene. So we need to be careful, too, to be thinking about if that's not somebody we continue to pursue, that we maintain a positive relationship and that person leaves with a thoughtful memory of us, a, a positive memory of us, so that we can stay connected with them, right? I don't, I don't want there to be bad blood in the water, per se. But it may be that you just need to have a conversation with somebody and say, these are the type of people who I'm wanting to connect with. I think the better that you can define who you're trying to talk to and find out if you can level up. People who are at certain levels know people who are at levels above them. So be deliberate about asking for those types of referrals. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a level up. It just has to be who's the decision maker. And in most cases, I would say that's like, that's not something that you can necessarily find on the internet. That's part of your discussion when you're having a networking conversation. Who's the decision maker? Whether it's you're selling something to a husband and wife, never assume who the decision maker is because you'll be wrong, right? Or you're selling something to a big executive that just because the person is the CEO ultimately doesn't mean that they're the one that's making the decision at the end of the day. So having that information and asking people point blank, like who kind of makes those decisions within your organization, especially if you're in business development, is a very relevant question. Then you have to be careful about the timing and make sure you have the right relationship. But that's really what you're getting to. Who are the types of people who are making the decisions for the types of business that I'm doing? I will say, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're not necessarily going to break up with someone on the first date. I've been on some really bad first dates. And <laughs> that goes both in the dating world and in the business world. And so I guess, you know, it's, it, and it brings up an interesting question of, I mean, sometimes it's just not like they're really into networking with you and they're really stoked to be sitting down with you. And you just know this is not a thing, right? This is like, networking and referrals are all about no like trust refer and you know 
yeah, I've, I've gotten to know you. I don't really like you. You clearly like me, but I'm not going to be referring you. And so, so I guess, you know, uh, we talk about ghosting in the dating world and whatnot, you know, and I guess I'm curious, you know, how, uh, is there, is there a better tactic to take than just kind of disappearing on somebody, uh, when they keep reaching out to you and saying, Hey, I really enjoyed our last conversation. Let's get together again. You're just like, Oh God, no. Um, this is a very awkward question, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at that's those. Why that's, <laughs> that's why I didn't call you back last week. No, yeah. um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think it's important to let people know the frequency in which you would like to connect with them, right? Be very forward and upfront. The person who, um, now Phil, this is a flip to what it is that you said earlier. The person who talks first is the one who's in control of the discussion, right? The person who talks first after the money drop, that's a different conversation, right? But really, if I'm going to be, um, if I'm if I'm kind of getting the impression that this may not necessarily be the best fit for both of us, or I don't really see how it is that we may be able to like give referrals to one another, or that our businesses, in some cases, in my world, you can imagine, I run to a lot of people who are in the same business. Like we're literally looking for the exact same client, and I'm pretty transparent. Like it sounds like we're very similar. Here are ways that I think that maybe we can partner or be respectful to one another. This is what is very unique between the business that I do and the business that you do. So if you've got something that's really niche, let me know. But I would just let people know, you know, Ian, I had a really nice conversation. I really appreciated the time together. I'd love to maybe reconnect in another year or so and see if there's anything's changed and just get an update. Right. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying let's revisit maybe because maybe your circumstances have changed. Maybe you left your profession, your job, your company. Um, maybe you don't even live in the state anymore. So uh, being the person who's kind of leading that next touch point, I think is really critical as well. And uh, to be honest, this is a whole nother can of worms. Many people, if I said that I wasn't going to, I will reach out to you in a year, 99.999% of them. And the few that are have a really great CRM, the 99% aren't going to remember because they don't have effective or efficient follow-up methodologies to help them to remember to talk to me anyway. So it's a very deft response to an awkward question. Come on now. <laughs> that, was, that was some good stuff there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's good, right? Deft is good. I mean, unless it, I'm completely it, it is, mixing my words, which <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I guess, you know, it is, it is something that you have to be very cognizant about because people your reputation is your currency. And so you want to have a positive, you know, you want to, in Maya Angelou's words, which I will totally screw it up. I want people to remember how I made them feel, not what I said, not what I did, but when they walk away, because when they see my name come up in um, LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, or they trip over it in their CRM, I want them to be like, Ooh, I like that lady and they want to refer business and they want to do business with me. That's really my ultimate hope mm -hmm. is that having a relationship with those folks brings us closer together. And they may not remember all the details, but like, I like you because back yeah. to your comment, Ian, people who you like, you want to do business with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I, uh, normally our, one of our last questions is about, um, you know, a piece of advice that you would give to people, um, you know, to, to expedite the process. But I'm, as I'm 
looking at your bookshelf behind you, I'm wondering if you have a book recommendation of something pertaining to networking, relationship building, bonding and rapport that, uh, that you want to toss out. So there's a book. I did shuffle them around, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find it. There's a book that was written by a woman named Meg J. You can actually, if you don't want to read the book, you can look her up on YouTube. Her book is a little bit more specific to 20-something. So it's, um, it, it's called The Defining Decade. And it talks specifically about the importance of the things that happen in your 20s are really going to help propel you in the direction of where it is that you need to go in the future. And so if you're out there, back to our conversation earlier about the luck factor, the more times you're at bat, the more conversations that you're having, the more chances that you'll be successful because you may run into that person who ultimately gave you your dream job down the road. There's one chapter in there that I talk to a lot of my clients about, and it's called the power, I'm using the wrong term, but I think it's like maybe chapter six, the power of loose connections. I think we miss the boat all too often that we're not willing to just make a phone call or just call somebody we haven't talked to in a long time. Here's a funny story. I can't tell you all the details, but I am working on a special project right now um, regarding something from very early on in my life. I picked up the phone literally on Friday and had a conversation with someone I haven't talked to in 30 years. 30, three zero, have not talked to this person. Friends with them on Facebook, connected with them on LinkedIn, have not talked to them personally for 30 years. Just picked up the phone and said, hey, I mean, now at the time I was two, but hey, right now I'm totally aging myself. Hey, we haven't talked in 30 years, but I'm wondering, are you interested in participating in this project with me? She's all in, all in. So just to say that you can't talk to somebody who you haven't talked to in a number of years, it's foolish. I think that we miss the boat in so many cases because we're afraid to pick up the phone and have a conversation. So if you are so inclined, um, I would find that chapter in Meg's book and read it specifically. I have a lot of my clients read it to just get that confidence to say, I'm okay to pick up the phone and talk to somebody I haven't talked to in a while. And again, you never know the power of a connection. So pick up the phone and call. You know, there was a, a study done recently, uh, just in the just inside of the past, like I don't know, week or two weeks or month or something like that, that found that over this course of COVID, uh, people with the outside people connecting with the outside circle with their outside circle uh, has decreased exponentially, right? By like 30 or 40%, something like that. And they made the point that, uh, that, you know, that outside circle is where new ideas and innovation come from and, uh, new, th new opportunities and whatnot are really coming from. So, you know, I think that's a really good point. It's, uh, it's, it's really important to, uh, to, 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 to make sure to do that. I found the chapter. Sleek <laughs> ties. Page 17. Weak what is ties. it called? Okay. Leak ties? Weak, weak, weak ties. ties. Weak ties. Yeah, mm -hmm. perfect. As in not strong ties. Weak perfect. ties. Page uh. 17. I mean, it's really powerful. I, I think that just picking up the phone and having that conversation, you'd be shocked how far you would get. Or send them an email. Yeah. Randomly, you'd be surprised. I think I told you guys the other day, I sent an email to Daniel Pink, his office. Did I tell you this story? Yeah. I sent an email to Daniel Pink. 
and said, hey, I have a question. I think I saw Mr. Pink speak at this event. Can you tell me, do you know anything about this? You know who wrote me back? Daniel Pink. Not somebody from his office. He did. Yeah, That's awesome. You within, know, I mean, by the way, within 24 hours of when it is that I pinged him to begin with. Wow. Wow. I think that that underlines the point. You know, you never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. You never know, and you never know the 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 strength of a great connection. To to quote uh, to to quote something that you said earlier. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, Stephanie, I could talk to you for hours. I always learn something from you and your deft responses to all questions awkward or not deft meaning very very good responses thanks uh, i appreciate that <laughs> absolutely absolutely so if people want to get a hold of you where can they find you we are um on social media linkedin um but probably the easiest way is to find us via our website at gallantrycc.com so that's g a l l a n t r y cc.com gallantry ironically means to go courageously into battle. So I think that's very appropriate, I would say, for the referral bench for sure. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's uh, It was great to chat with you and uh, we might have to have you on again to uh, you know have a follow-up conversation. I love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in, and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well. Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us with our ratings and with our rankings and whatnot and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.